Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into SST on Apple Podcasts, app, Spotify, and on YouTube. And now it's time. Week 13 already. I can't believe it. It's here. We're in December now, guys. Pat Boyle, Mark Shenlugan, as always, joining me to make these picks all the way through the Super Bowl. Now our 13th time of the year. Currently, our records sit at myself. 30, 29, and 1. A very exciting time, making it over 500 for the first time this season. Pat Boyle and Mark Shenlugan locked in. The fighting Shenlugans, the fighting Boyles at 25 and 35. Mark, I'm going to start with you because Pat told me earlier in the week on the podcast that he wants to go 20 and 10 throughout the rest of this season. How are you feeling about your outlooks of week 13 through week 18 before the playoffs? Well, Pete, I'll be quite honest with you. Statement doesn't shock me from a mediocre capper like Pat Boyle wanting to go 20 and 10. Me personally, I want to go 30 and zero. Wow. But uh, that's that's just where my confidence is at. And I see I, I see I woke him up a little bit over there. So makes me happy too. So Pat, what would you like to recoil here? Because now at this point, you guys have done your picks, by the way, in the past. I want the listeners to know this as well. Mark and Pat have done on the Boyle and Shen show in the past picks for, for a couple different years both to, to good degrees of success. Now here, both 10 games under 500. What's more important, the race to get back to 500 or literally the head-to-head of Pat versus Mark? Pat, what do you think about that? Well, more most important is obviously the race to get back to 500, and I have a pretty good feeling in the process I will blow Mark out of the water and leave him in the dust. So it'll be two birds with one stone. So there, there we have it, and uh, I look forward to this I think, battle. And I think, I think that banana he ate pre-show is tainted, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> it's got him. It's got him feeling some type of way. Some feeling something, feeling something over here. Uh, so now, with this, with this all being said, here we are at a combined 80, 99, and one after week twelve. So nineteen games under five hundred, and uh, I'm sitting here, understanding that I'm proud to have fought back to the 500 mark, something we've been talking about since like week four. We finally made it, or at least I made it here for now. But I know this is not guaranteed, right? I still need to make sure my picks are solid. I'm continuing to try to do my best. To recap last week, I was four and one. Pat was one and four, and Mark was two and three. And Mark, you told me pre-show or told us in the, in the text pre-show that you have a couple picks towards the end that might uh, that might that might need some small font to fit in the boxes uh, on the, on the graphic. And I want to ask you the good. question. For example, last week you had two money line parlays or teasers in your first two picks, and unfortunately you hit one leg on each of them. When you're putting these games together, is there a specific strategy of how you combine certain legs? Like, do you pick the for last for example last week you did the Bills and the Bucks? money lines together do you pick those two together just based off odds or do you have a specific strategy when you do uh choose two legs of a teaser or parlay um i think there's a couple things that go into it pete um number one the most important thing is probably that we're making five picks a week as opposed to you know say three obviously my picks are probably a little bit tighter 
that way with, with some of these. Like, um, I knew I had a feel. I liked the Bucks and I wanted to put them with somebody, but as there were multiple big favorites last week, like I could have chosen the Cowboys instead of the Bills, or you know the Niners instead of the Bills. Um, but I just felt more comfortable putting those three together, just based on <clears throat> matchups who needed to win and, and whatnot, more so than than anything. Um, the Bills have been. I don't know. They've been shaky in some, in some of the spots this year. So it was one of my less lesser confident choices. Um, and ended up what? They won on a last second field goal. So it was kind of spot on there. The Bucks just blew a, you know, one-handed catch on fourth and goal away from being three and two last week with that. And the, uh, the unfortunate two point conversion that the Colts gave up with what? 10, 11 minutes last week. Yeah. So, look, it is what it is. You're going to have weeks like that. You're going to have weeks where the kickers just blow every kick that you need them to make, too. So, right. we'll, uh, we'll see what happens this week. Like I said, the, the pick I'm most annoyed with last week was uh, was Tampa Bay blowing that blowing that game. Um, and then the least was continuing to trust Russell Wilson in spots. I guess 10.5 wasn't enough last week for him either against yeah. the uh, mighty Sam Darnolds and the Panthers. That was pathetic. Yeah. That one's super frustrating because the, the Broncos have been a money teaser spot this year. I mean, I know I've incorporated them in a couple teasers uh, this year, and the eight-and-a-half range has just worked because their defense has been so good. But their offense came down crashing even harder than normal of how bad they were. So that is that is truly a bad beat there on the ten-and-a-half for the Broncos. Unbelievable. Pat, uh, last week you hit on um, on one par- on one three-leg parlay teaser of sorts. And your straight bets were a little bit off, if you will, on the Bucks, Titans, and Seahawks not covering their their share. What is uh, the game plan now entering this week? Trusting the process or mixing it up? Uh, I'm going to mix it up here this week. I got I, I like a lot of teams to win, but the spread is a little too big for my liking. So you're going to see a good amount of parlays coming up here, especially uh, you know some money line parlays as Mark's uh, Mark's favorite play. We'll have some teased parlays, so we got a little bit of everything coming out of the woodwork here. Yeah, and um, Pat, you mentioned this on the podcast we released on Wednesday. In weeks past, we've had just maybe one, two games of teams that are above 500 facing off, and this week there are so many more. We're going to get into those and some of the ones where it's not winning teams facing off, but just to run through it real quick, these are just winning matchups. Two teams with above 500 records that are facing off. You have the Commanders at the Giants. You have the Jets at the Vikings. You have the Titans at the Eagles. You have the Dolphins at the 49ers, Chiefs at Bengals. I mean, those are marquee game after marquee game. This week, we are locked and loaded with games that matter for playoff implications and with games that are going to go up next to each other that are incredibly exciting. For example, we have the Dolphins at 49ers and Chiefs at Bengals in the same window. Like that four o'clock windows could be weird sometimes. There's only three games on or something like that, and only one of them is interesting. We have two of the best games of the week on in the four o'clock hour. I mean, we are in for an incredibly exciting week. I'm super pumped about it. So why don't we just get started and talk about these games specifically and get into our picks, Pat and or Mark. Pat, you have you have your your uh, hands up. Are you trying to say something right now? Yeah, I was going to say make the four o'clock window great again. So we've got ah. uh, we got two unbelievable matchups that you said are going. Going, you know, head to head, and and look, you've got Chargers and the Raiders. Chargers obviously feel like a playoff team, and now all of a sudden, the Raiders, who were my darlings before the year started, looked like that pick was absolutely blowing up in my face. Them to win the AFC West, that abs- absolutely has. But I said they were going to absolutely make the playoffs. Look, they're they got a little bit of life here. They won yeah. off three in a row. They're not done. 
the offense is starting to cook over there a little bit for Vegas. So yeah, we shall try to see if we could cook Vegas, the other Vegas, the sports books, if we can this week. So Mark or Pat, actually, no, I'm sorry, Pat with the one and four record last week, it's time for you to start us off week 13. What's your first pick? And with all that being said, I have to come out here and talk about obviously our friends over at DraftKings because the NBA season is heating up y'all. And there are so many unknowns in this league still. But there are some things that are starting to shake out and take shape. I remember in the preseason pod, I mentioned this guy as one of the longer shot MVPs that I like that I threw a little wager on on DraftKings. That's Jason Tatum. This guy's averaging 30 points a game. He's top five in the league in win shares according to basketball reference. Listen, the odds are not going to get better than they are now. He's already gone down a little bit from where he was to start the season at plus 1,500. Now, futures, they're starting to change. He's got plus 350. You missed out on the big-time odds. He's got now the third best odds, but it's not too late. That's still a good payout, and there are some other folks that might be interesting to throw some money on as well, but Tatum, to me, is one of those guys that might just be his year. And when I'm looking to get into the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Now check this out. That's for new customers. What can everyone else get? Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. This has been going on all year. It ain't stopping now. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player pops like rebounds, points, three-pointers made, and more. And the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. This has been nice for me because I, I like dabbling throughout the week. You know, Sundays are obviously big-time days, but then you got basketball throughout the week. You get involved with the same game parlay. Maybe you don't even like a side. I do that sometimes. I don't even like a side, but I think this guy might get 20 or this guy might get 10 rebounds. And all of a sudden, I got a plus 300 same game parlay that's getting stepped up from DraftKings and looking even better. So download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply, see show notes for details. All right, so if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I've got the Giants lamp behind me. Not a Giants fan, but it was a gift from a family. Uh, Well, for another family member, I decided to take it. You'll see I'll show it every now and then, and uh, I'm showing it here. So that means we've got the Giants as part of the picks. Pick number one, it is the New York special. How you doing? Give me the Jets plus seven and a half and the Giants plus seven and a half. Get them both up to a touchdown dog plus the hook. That's minus 112 odds. Um, Look, I said Mike F and White, right? Legend. I'm going to go ahead and back him. I can't be talking all this – talking him up like he's an MVP candidate and not, not, not take him uh, at least a couple uh, more points here against the Vikings. You got the MVP Mike White against 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. I mean, this is like a, the Super Bowl here in week 13. Jets, Vikes. Um, no, look, the Jets defense obviously has been Super Bowl caliber all year long. They've been a top five defense. Everybody is healthy. They're going to make life difficult for Justin Jefferson and the Vikings run game. Um, you know, they're going to force Kirk Cousins into some difficult decisions. 1 p.m. Kirk. We'll see how he responds. This is ultimately going to come down to how these teams perform on third down and in the red zone because that's where these these two teams stand out. Minnesota has been one of the worst defenses all year long in terms of yardage, right? We've said that numerous times on this pod, Pete. 
They give up over 400 yards per game. But the defense only gives up 23 points a game because they stand up in the red zone. They usually find a way to get off the field one way or another. But you introduce Mike White in this vaunted passing game, and they're going to be able to pick up chunk yardage. Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. Look out to um, you know Minnesota, who gives up a ton of points to tight ends. I think Tyler Conklin's due for a big game here for the Jets. So I think they get enough points to keep this one close. And that defense always travels. Uh, Sauce Gardner versus J.J., going to be one of the best matchups of the weekend, how those two go at it, uh, basically all four quarters. Uh, ultimately, I don't think the Jets lose this one by more than a touchdown. Now, could they cover and win outright? I think there's a chance, but I'm much more confident that they keep it within a tutty. And then same thing with the Giants here, plus seven and a half coming off the long layoff since Thanksgiving. Uh, season feels like now all of a sudden it's once again on the line for Big Blue. Uh, the G-Men at home going up against Washington. Another couple of teams, like you mentioned, above 500. Washington has been the, like the friskiest team in football over the last five weeks here, four and one during that stretch. However, outside of that that big win against the Eagles, which if I may recall, I did call, um, they haven't beaten a whole lot of good teams, right? They squeaked by Atlanta last week with the goal line interception, beat Houston, which everybody does, squeaked by Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago. Um, Giants are getting healthy, finally. I saw a report uh, from Art Stapleton. It seems like the following will be healthy for the Giants. Darius Slayton, Daniel Bellinger, who they will get back. Everybody on the line that is questionable, John Feliciano, the left guard, uh, either Izudu or Shane Lemieux, or Lemieux, excuse me, Leonard Williams, and Aziz Ojolari is looking like he's going to return. So the only one that remains out of note is going to be Adoree Jackson. Um, look, the Giants have played close games all year long, even when they haven't been healthy. And now they are, and they're at home. I don't think there's any way the Giants lose this by more than a touchdown. So New York special, Jets, Giants, both plus seven and a half. I love it. The New York special. How you doing? How you been? If you, if you, if you will, how you doing? How you been? Mark, how you doing? How you been? What's your first pick? Well, I'm halfway with Pat with this. Um, I'll start with another two team pick, but we'll start first. Leg's going to be the Giants plus seven and a half against the uh, Redskins slash football team slash commanders. Um, Look, I just don't think their offense is, is good enough to to beat the Giants by that many points. And while I do admit that the Giants' offense is absolutely pathetic and the return of the Immortals, Dan Bellinger and Slayton and whoever else Pat mentioned for that are coming back this week really don't strike fear in the hearts of anybody. Um, seven and a half should still be enough to get it done at home backing their defense in this one. Um, and then pick two. Cleveland Browns to beat the Houston Texans. Um, the Houston Texans are probably the worst team in all of football. Deshaun Watson is back. I mean, the Texans were absolutely lifeless last week until Mike McDaniel decided to make things interesting by pulling all his starters in the third quarter. Um, just, just too much, I feel like, for the Browns on the line to, to blow this game. The Texans may be up for it in the, in the beginning just because, like I said, Watson's back, but the Browns with Watson now back can get on a little bit of a run here and make a playoff push especially off of riding the emotional high of last week's victory against the Bucs in OT. Um, normally, I don't like to play the juice this high at minus 125, but I'm fading the worst team in all of football, and the Giants against the the uh, Commanders really has all the makings of a, a close game. So 7.5 should be pretty easy with that. So Browns to win, Giants plus 7.5 for pick one. Both of you going with the Giants on the plus 7.5 off the rip. Uh, interested by that because I, I mean, if you base off how they've been playing most recently, the commanders have been playing better 
but the Giants are getting healthier. So that's obviously very, very important. I'm not sure. I still have a, a decision to make at the end of my picks here. I'm not sure if I'm going to include that game. I might I might have to sit that one out because I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted, so I'm excited to watch it. But for my first pick, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans plus four and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles straight up. I heard a great statistic from Warren Sharp on uh, the Ringer Gambling Show this week talking about teams with just one loss entering week 13 and beyond. And I forget the exact number if it was 26 or 27, but the number was nine and 26 or 27. Again, I'm forgetting right off the top of my head. Nine and 25 plus, we'll say, against the spread for one win teams between week 13 and the end of the season, meaning that you have now a public that sees that one loss in that win-loss column and gets very excited. Oh, this team is the best. This team is this. This team is that. They get a little too too pumped up. This spread has already dropped down from 6.5 to 4.5, showing the respect of the Tennessee Titans. But with all that being said, I care more about the matchup here for the Titans where the Eagles obviously ran the ball right down the throat of the Green Bay Packers in one of their most recent uh, games where, I mean, they looked unstoppable. They broke records for the franchise. They had an incredible amount of success running the ball. With the Titans defense, you are not going to find that success so easily. And I'm looking at this four and a half point spread and it's a little bit less than I would have liked when I first kind of fell in love with this line here and wanted to take the Titans on the plus on the plus side of things. It was at six and a half and then five and a half. Now it's at four and a half. I'm still going to ride it because it's in that zone where you're still getting the hook and then some four has been a pretty decent number this year. And I don't trust the Titans offense necessarily to to win this game. Maybe I'll sprinkle the money line just for funsies, but I care more about this four and a half points. Mike Vrabel shows up. Mike Vrabel puts together a game plan that will slow down the running game and make Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown have to beat them on the outside, which will not be easy against this defense. Also on the flip side, last week against the Bengals, Lou Anarumo had that defense absolutely selling out, absolutely selling out to stop Derrick Henry, and they did just that. I'm not sure if the Eagles have the horses that the Bengals do on the front of that defensive line to truly slow down the run game, that should open up some more things. So I don't love the Titans to win this game, but I do love them getting four and a half. So my first pick will be Tennessee Titans plus four and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles, riding a little bit of that trend of one loss teams entering that back portion of the season, just not covering spreads, especially ones that are in that uh, less than 10 zone. So right now there's uh, 60 something percent, yeah, 66 percent of tickets on the Titans, and over 70 percent of the cash on the Titans. So I'm riding with that cash, and I'm riding with Vrabel. Here we go, plus four and a half at the Birds. All right, second pick. Introduce the Patty Boyle same game parlay here, same game teaser, if you will. Give me the Ravens minus two and a half, and under 45 and a half points. With their matchup against the Broncos, that's minus 110 odds. Look, I don't know how you have any faith at all, rational, logical, or irrational faith, that the Broncos can score points at this point. They are one of the worst offenses in NFL history. They are abysmal. Russ sucks. Hackett sucks. The Broncos suck. So unless you, like, if you've been waiting for for them to finally turn it on, keep waiting because it ain't going to happen um, you know, I'm ready to get hurt again, though, taking the Baltimore Ravens here, though, with the spread minus two and a half. So, you know, that covers the under portion for me. I don't see any way in, in hell that the Denver's putting up more than 20 points in this game. 
they have not put up more than 20 points since a 21-17 point win against Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, that was in London. So they have actually been their best offense when they're nine hours across the pond. Um, meanwhile, Baltimore, yes, I'm ready to get hurt again taking them. It feels like this team should be 11-0. and We said that on the pod. Four huge leads blown. They're seven and four. The defense absolutely cannot be trusted. But that's only in the final couple minutes of the game. Um, and what good remedy for this defense than going up against Denver, who just absolutely cannot move the football. Jerry Judy, once again, questionable. We'll see if he plays. But, I mean, look, whether it's Latavius Murray, whoever they've trotted out there at running back this year, they can't really move the ball effectively on the ground. The play action, which Russ built his career on for so long in Seattle, does not work this year. They have limited weapons. The offensive line sucks. So that covers the under there. And then again, I just think the Ravens, this spread is what, eight and a half, nine points here. Um, That's a little bit too big for my liking, considering how good Denver's defense is and how good they've had to be to at least keep them in games. Uh, To me, Baltimore should win this by at least a field goal. You've got the best kicker on the planet in Justin Tucker. As long as the Ravens can get favorable field position and get anywhere near the red zone, Justin Tucker at worst should have three field goals here on Sunday. Um, And again, I think Baltimore is just far and away a better team. Um, You know, they're going to be able to run the ball at least a little bit effectively. That is the one weak spot against Denver. You can't really throw against them. That's fine. Baltimore doesn't really throw the ball a ton anyway that that much anymore, especially the last couple of weeks uh, where it's Lamar running the ball. It's Gus running the ball. Um, expect to, you know, Lamar to finally hook up with Mark Andrews. But um, I mean, look, I'm just fading the Den- the Denver Broncos here more than anything in this teaser. I really love getting that under up to 45 and a half and the Ravens are going to win this by at least a field goal. All right. Pick two. Um, I'll start with the earlier game on this two game parlay Vikings plus three and a half this Sunday against the New York jets. Um I just think all this Mike White thing is completely overblown. I still think he sucks. Um, I know Pat has a different uh, opinion with that than than I do. Um, Look, the Chicago Bears are giving up pretty much 30 points a game at will to anybody and everybody over the last four or five weeks. Um, They almost gave 50 to the Cowboys. Lions scored over 30 on them, 35 to to Tua and Co. and Finns, and now 30 to the Jets. and now you're going on the road to the Vikings. I just feel like they're being heavily undervalued in this position. I think the three points is an absolute joke, but I'll gladly put it up to three and a half to getting three and a half to where just in case with how weird the NFL has been this year and the Vikings lose, can't see it be by being any more than a, a field goal in this spot. Also, Michael Carter just ruled out for the Jets going into Sunday. So they'll be down to, I guess, Ty Johnson. And I saw Zonovan Jones or something like that will be the running back possibly for the early down. Congratulations. Zonovan White? Uh, or is, yeah, Zonovan. Maybe is Zonovan White. Zonovan and Mike this this week. They're both going to get crushed. I really don't care. Zonovan's going to make you eat those words. Yeah, not even. You're you're drinking too much of the WFAN Kool-Aid over the past three, four days. Vikings plus three and a half for leg one, and then give me the Miami Dolphins plus ten and a half up at San Francisco this weekend. Um, look, the, uh, the 49ers have a great run defense. Um, but the pass defense can be a little bit suspect at times. Um, we saw Justin Herbert have success early on in that game, and that was without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, now you're bringing in Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and then even Sherfield has been a reliable third, third down receiver uh, option from uh, from the receivers. Kasiki can make plays when he needs to, 
And Jeff Wilson's been pretty good pass catching out of the backfield as well. Um, basically, you know, I've been all in on Tua all year long. I'm not saying Miami's going to win this game. Could they win this game? Absolutely. But getting 10.5 in this one, I think that's pretty a pretty safe bet, also considering that Christian McCaffrey's a little iffy with the knee, and Elijah Mitchell is also out six to eight weeks once again with a MCL sprain. So give me the Vikings plus 3.5. Tease them up to 3.5. Tease the Dolphins up to 10.5, minus 115, pick two. Beautiful. Those that, and those games are so exciting. Just like being having action on both of those games is something that you're gonna want almost. Like yeah, you're gonna enjoy them. Maybe if you're a Jets fan, you want to sit that one out just because you're gonna be so pumped. Maybe you'll just bet the Jets Jets as a heart pick. But that game has excitement written all over it. And I actually have something coming up on that in just a little bit. But right now, I'm gonna go to my first teaser, a little bit of an alternate teaser here for me for my second pick, and I'm gonna take the Las Vegas Raiders from. Oh, wow. Did I read that wrong? The Raiders are minus one. How about that? That is correct. It's This breaks one of my rules. This actually breaks one of my rules heavily, and now I'm upset with myself because I thought they were plus one. (laughs) Uh, This really does. But I have no choice now but to just go with this because I already have it set up, and it still makes sense, and I still like what I'm getting here. So I'm going to take the Raiders not from plus one but from minus one up to plus seven and a half. And then I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints from plus three and a half to plus eight and a half. That's minus 119 odds. So, again, I don't usually recommend teasing over the zero or across the zero, uh, but I just did it by accident. And I'm still getting minus 119 odds, which is actually better than a normal teaser by, by one. Whatever. Anyways, Raiders against the Chargers. Right now, the Chargers can't blow anyone out. They have some wins. They have some wins. They're a good team. They have a good quarterback. They're still a little bit banged up. Mike Williams still questionable here. The Raiders offense playing better. But this comes down to two things. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Las Vegas and their ability to put some points on the board. And I continuously do not trust the Los Angeles Chargers to put anybody away. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It doesn't matter if they have the game at hand, if they feel like the better team the entire afternoon on a Sunday, they don't put anyone away. Listen to their wins. A one-point win at Arizona. A three-point win at Atlanta. A three-point win home against Denver. A two-point win at Cleveland. Only win they have that's over like four points this year is a 10-point win at the Houston Texans. Like, that's it. That's it. So now you're playing in Vegas. This is a, a, a conference matchup here or a division matchup here. You get the Raiders up to plus seven and a half. You get the entire touchdown to help cover you up. You feel wonderful about it. Then you go to the Saints at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are also not world beaters this year. Their offense has been an absolute slog to watch this year. They cannot move the ball that great. And even when they do move the ball great, as we talked about on the Wednesday pod, they've been terrible in the red zone this year at putting in touchdowns. They have a 50% success rate once they're in the red zone to score touchdowns. It's bottom third of the league, and it has been ugly to watch them try to put points on the board. And now you can quickly talk about the New Orleans Saints and how their offense has been shut out twice in the past, what, four weeks now? But they're playing defenses that are incredibly good, right? They turned the ball over, what, three or four times in the red zone last week against the 49ers and only gave up 13 points to that 49ers offense. And then, uh, what was it, four, three weeks ago, they put up only 10 points against the Steelers defense. The Steelers defense is very good, right? So this Buccaneers defense still solid. It's not going to be easy to score on them, but you get them up to plus eight and a half. And this Buccaneers team 
They don't do anything special on offense right now. They way too much rely on Leonard Fournette, who is not that guy. Brady leans on him too much, even though he's not that guy. The Evans-Brady connection has not been special this year. This is the amount of points scored for the Bucs over the last couple weeks. Uh, 17 last week in a loss to the Browns, as we talked about. 21, 16, 22 in a loss, 3 in a loss, 18 in a loss, 21 in a win. They don't put up points, right? So that thinks, makes me think that Saints plus 8.5 is a very good leg here. You combine that with the Raiders plus 7.5 at minus 119, and this is a teaser that maybe broke one of my cardinal rules, but I still feel great about it. So that's my second pick. Uh, Raiders plus seven and a half, Saints plus eight and a half. All right, third pick for me. Little another teaser here. Give me the Eagles plus three and a half and the 49ers money line minus 109 odds. We start with the Titans and the Eagles. Pete, you broke this game down pretty well. Um, same reason why I bet the Titans a lot this year is the same reason that I think they're due for a little regression to the mean here. Um, first, let's start with comparing them to the Atlanta Falcons, right? I was all over the Falcons. They were the the against the spread Kings to start the year. Six straight covers. It was seven straight covers before they then have only covered one out of their last five. Tennessee Titans had covered eight in a row before losing to Cincinnati on Sunday. Uh, now I worry about them covering this four and a half here on Sunday. Um, but I'm going to take the extra cushion. I'll take the uh, I'll take the insurance here. Even if they win this game against the Eagles, this is a brutal, physical, in-the-trench game um, that is going to take place on Sunday. And I don't think there's any shot that Tennessee wins this by more than a field goal. Uh, It's just hard to believe that for a team that gets outgained in yardage per game by almost 60 yards per game. Right? They only average 316 yards a game, can't even get to 200 yards uh, of passing per game, and they give up 371 yards. Um, so it, it's a miracle. It feels like that this team is seven and four. That's how great of a head coach Mike Vrabel is. That's how much that this defense um, has done a great job. Once again, just like the Minnesota Vikings, they give up a decent amount of chunk plays, but they hold up in the red zone. They force teams to field goals. Uh, so when you look at this game with the Eagles on Sunday, I'm fairly confident the Eagles win and cover. But again, I will absolutely take the the cushion when I can get it. Um, it just feels like, like you said, Pete, they are going to key in on Derrick Henry. They're going to do everything they can to stop him the Eagles defense, and then you're forcing Ryan Tannehill to beat you with Robert Woods. And I know he's been great as of late, Traylon Burks. Uh, it just doesn't doesn't really spell a successful formula for me for Tennessee. And I think uh, Philadelphia, they, they haven't looked um, all that elite lately, right, since they lost to Washington. They snuck by Indianapolis. Green Bay, you know, hung around and hung up 33 on that defense. So, you know, again, I'll, I'll take the Eagles plus three and a half, and I feel incredible about that one. And then the 49ers to win the game at home against Miami. I love the way this matches up for San Francisco. Um, I think Miami has not run into a defense of their caliber really for most of the season. And I think Tua and this offense is going to come to a grinding halt when they got to play this secondary that has exceeded expectations this year uh, with Diamador Lenore, who has filled in incredibly well at, at corner and then over the top, Jimmy Ward and my guy Talanoa Hufunga. I think they're going to be able to slow down that attack of Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. And uh, I think uh, Tua is due for a couple interceptions in this one as the MVP chance will finally stop being wrung out um, in South Beach. So 49ers are going to win this game. They're going to ground and pound. They're going to use that home field advantage here. They have not given up a, if I believe correctly here, I'm reading, they have not given up a point in the last four second halves combined. So 
Miami has to get off to a good start in this one because the adjustments that Kyle Shanahan has made at halftime on both sides of the ball has been unbelievable. They're outscoring their opponents 57 nothing in the second halves of those last four games. Uh, so give me the 49ers money line and then the Eagles plus three and a half. All right, pick three. This is where they start getting weird, although it's a little bit of a shorter one. Pete, make it very simple for you. I think this is the first one of the year, too. Anybody's really doing this type of bet. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs first half money line against the Cincinnati Bengals, minus 120. Um, if there is one spot where I trust Kansas City on their entire schedule this year, it is against the Cincinnati Bengals, considering how both of those games played out last season against them. Double-digit leads at the half, both games, found a way to blow both games in the second half, one at Cincy, one at Kansas City, obviously, in the AFC Divisional round. Um, I can't see it happening again. I think the Chiefs are better. Look, I know Jamar Chase is supposed to be back this week as well as Joe Mixon is, but truthfully, we don't really know how healthy Jamar Chase is. Um, that hip pointer injury he had was supposed to sideline him for multiple weeks and only, I think, sidelined him for two. Um, and even so still Kansas city, I got to believe they want to hit Cincinnati in the mouth early in this one. So again, I don't trust the full game thing with this, which is why I'm much more comfortable going with the first half. I think the chiefs get out to an early lead and then the second half is just going to be completely unpredictable. Um, so for those reasons, give me Kansas city money line minus minus one twenty, pick three. They were up double digits, both meetings last year at the half. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Mark, I almost made this exact pick. I came really close to it. I really did. I, I've been listening to a lot of stuff, and, and I've heard a lot about uh, Lou Anarumo and his second-half adjustments. I mean, the defense for the Bengals in the second half is off the charts, and like uh, their defensive line is awesome right now. Like DJ Reader and that that whole squad down there, like they're insane. They got dogs in Cincinnati, and the second-half adjustments have been key for this defense. And I also have a soft spot in my heart for Luana Rumo because uh, I do know his son a little bit. Great dude. I, I've met him once before. He's a Staten Island guy. And I mean, they've been crushing it defensively in second half. So it leads to the question as to why they don't have a better first half game plan. Right. But don't fix or don't, don't fix something that ain't broke. Right. They're, they're doing it. They're getting it done in the second half and you kind of expect them to do the same, but all you need to do is have those chiefs come out in the first half with some juice and take it away. Minus 120 on a first half money line. I love it. I did not make it one of my first picks, Mark, or one of my five picks here. I may dabble with it on Sunday nonetheless. So I, I like where your head's at there. Um, for my third pick, unfortunately, Pat, I'm going to go against you a little bit here, but not necessarily because I'm going Miami Dolphins plus four at the San Francisco 49ers. And it goes back to what we talked about again on Wednesday. A lot is being talked about how good this 49ers defense is and how awesome they are at the uh, rushing the passer at shutting people down in the second half. I can't find the most impressive win on the 49ers schedule. I really can't. And we talked about it. We said probably the 22 16 win over the chargers just three weeks ago, but I'm not impressed. They're beating up teams that are not very good. And honestly, if you look at some of the best offenses that they've played this year, the chiefs, they gave up 44, the Falcons are a decent offense. They give up 28 points, right? Like this defense hasn't really blown me away. They're shutting out a bunch of bad teams. Like look at all these teams that they've shut up here. They gave up 15 to the Panthers. Whoop-de-doo. Nine to the Rams. Whoop-de-doo. 
Um, they give up 14 to the Rams again. Wow, amazing. This, the Chargers can be had. They have 16 points. They held the Cardinals to 10 and absolutely dominated them up front. I'm not impressed. They held the Saints to zero points. They let them into the red zone three or four different times. They turned them over every time they got there. A little bit fluky. You'd expect the Saints to put up some points there, and they only won 13 nothing. I'm not that impressed, and this team is a little bit banged up with Elijah Mitchell. They haven't quite figured out the run game. They're extremely mediocre running the football this year. We talked about it on the pod earlier in the week. You think because it's the 49ers and it's Kyle Shanahan and it's the brand and it's what they've done for years in a row now that they run the hell out of the ball and they dominate people on offense up front. They just have it. They're middle of the pack yards per carry this year. They are bottom of the pack from pro football references stat about expected points added from rushing offense. They're not that impressive running the ball. What's been most impressive about any offense in this game has been the Dolphins through and through. And right now with Mike McDaniel calling this offense for Tua, They've been incredible at uh, getting rid of the ball quickly and and talk about red zone defense for the 49ers. Let's talk about red zone offense for the Miami Dolphins. It's one of the best in the entire NFL has really tapped in to what we saw at Alabama of him moving the pocket, evading rushers in the red zone, making those impressive athletic movements um, down by the end zone there to, to put these touch passes. And you know what? The, the talent of of uh, the defense, passing defense for 49ers with Fred Warner being one of the best cover linebackers in the NFL, if not the best, is impressive. But guess what? They got dudes on Miami, and that is the best offense they've played since the Kansas City Chiefs by far. So I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins plus four here. I think this line is is incorrect. I think Vegas is obsessed with the 49ers for whatever reason. I know they're good. I know they've been putting up crooked numbers against bad teams. They're playing a really, really good team here in the Miami Dolphins. This is plus four for the Dolphins right now. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just feeling the two of vibes. I'm loving what they're doing offensively. I think the McDaniel versus Shanahan thing is going to be a huge talking point. How many stories are we going to hear about? You know, McDaniel's known Kyle Shanahan for 30 years. Who, do, who does the the uh, upper hand go to about two coaches who know each other so dang well? I might give the slight edge to Mike McDaniel, who not only knows Shanahan, but knows D'Amico Ryans and knows that defense. Whereas, you know, Shanahan knows Mike McDaniel, but he doesn't know everything about the Dolphins. He doesn't know all their players like the back of his hand. So I'm going to give the slight edge to the Dolphins. I'm going to sprinkle the money line, but I love the plus four. You get the hook, and I'm not that impressed by the Niners offense. I'm impressed by the Niners defense beating up bad teams, but I'm not impressed by them against good teams right now. So I think there's going to be some points here. If I had to take a a stab at the over under as well. I'd probably consider the over it's at 46 and a half right now. I know everybody's like, Oh, the Niners under, under, under the dolphins put up buckets. They get buckets every single week. So dolphins plus four. I love getting those points. I'll sprinkle the money line too, but that is my third pick. Pete, something I wanted to mention uh, when I gave this pick for the 49ers money line and I forgot. And it, uh, you know, now that you've, chosen this game as well. I think all three of us, you and Mark are on the fins. I'm on the 49ers. Um, both tackles will be out for the Miami Dolphins here coming up on Sunday, uh, which I think is going to be huge in trying to protect Tua Tungavailoa from that 49ers pass rush. Uh, Teron Armstead, doubtful. Right tackle Austin Jackson is out. So um, another reason why I like the 49ers in this one. It plays into their strength. Uh, moving on, pick number four for me. Another teaser here, Chargers, plus three and a half, only getting them up a couple of points here. And then the Cowboys, minus two and a half, 
minus 109 odds. Let's start with the AFC West matchup we've got going on in the four o'clock window. Um, quite simply put, uh, even if the Raiders are winning this game, they're going to leave the door open, which they do every single time they have a lead. The Chargers offense is going to be able to move the ball down the field, which they always do, especially against a mediocre Raiders defense that gives up 383 yards per game, 265 through the air. They are a sieve. They're a walking sieve. Uh, the last two weeks, they've walked it off both times in overtime at Denver, at Seattle. Now they're home. Chargers coming off that two-point conversion for the win on the road against Arizona. Feels like both these teams have underperformed this year. You can absolutely say that for sure about the Raiders. The Chargers, um, you know, I mean, look, they were battling a ton of injuries. They still are, but for the most part, most of those guys have come back healthy here. Keenan Allen is back. Obviously, Mike Williams up in the air still again for this Sunday after he missed the last game after he came back. Uh, but either way, I think the Chargers, uh, even if they lose this game, it's not going to be by, by more than a field goal. Uh, like I said, Vegas can't put anybody away. The only time they can is when it's on the final play. And the fact that the, the chances of them winning by a touchdown um, in overtime for the third straight week is next to impossible. So that's the only way they won that win those games by six points is because they do it on the final play. Um, so I think that Herbert and this offense is going to have no problem moving the ball. Um, Raiders, you know, they've, they've been pretty damn good offensively in the red zone the last couple of games. Carr's been good, but, you know, again, I think the Chargers win this regardless. Um, and then I can get them up to plus three and a half. I love that for sure. And then the Cowboys minus two and a half. One thing I'll say about the Colts, they are two and 14 against the spread in the first half, dating back to last season. They are terrible. They get off to terrible starts. Cowboys should get off to a quick start at home in prime time. And then the game script should favor a ton of Ezekiel Elliott, a ton of Tony Pollard. They should be able to put this game on ice pretty comfortably. Uh, so the Cowboys uh, should absolutely win this game by at least a field goal. So Cowboys minus two and a half chargers plus three and a half. All right. Pick four. Um, I don't even know how to describe it as, as a, as a bet, but we're just going to start with the Seattle Seahawks money line for, we'll call it step one in this one. Um, look, they've been, they've struggled a little bit over the past couple of weeks. They got a, you know, a get right spot against the LA Rams who, you know, the whole team's just been decimated at this point from Cooper cup to Allen Robinson to Matthew Stafford probably might not even play again this season. Aaron Donald's also out Sunday. Um, there's no way the Seahawks can blow this game with how much they needed to keep pace with San Francisco. Um, and then the second pick, we're going to go to the Chargers and Raiders game, but I don't like either side of the spread in this one. So I'm just going to go with both teams point totals. It should be a shootout. And this has hit in four of the last five matchups between these two teams as well. Both teams to score over 16 and a half points. Um, to me, that should be an absolute joke. The team that I might be a little worried about is the Raiders in this one. Actually, the only time that it didn't hit was when the Raiders were on the road, but they're home in this one, I believe. So I've got, you know, Devontae Adams is also part of the offense now. I expect a shootout, um, even if not, if they hit 17, which would be a disappointment, that still get, gets it done. I think both go over 20 pretty easily, to be honest with you. Um, and then, yeah, as you know, as Pat mentioned earlier, Keenan Allen's also back with the Chargers. Totally look different on offense now as well. So Seattle wins. Chargers and Raiders both go over 16.5 in this one, minus 110. I think that's actually the biggest joke of a line. If you put those three together, the entire – I have all my picks so far. So that's pick four. Yeah, you're really just asking for over 30 
33 or 34 points as long as it's not a blowout. And Pat and I both think this is a close game, which is why he went Chargers plus three and a half. And I went Raiders plus seven and a half. We both think this is close. And based off of how both of these teams play, none of them are special on defense. And they both have uh, quarterbacks and offenses that do put points on the board. Mark, I, I got to be honest, even though it's an unorthodox pick here, I do love it. I really do. I think that's a, I think that's a very uh, nifty, nifty pick, I will say. Uh, moving on to my fourth pick, I'm going to go off the beaten path here for myself a little bit here and go with a a rare straight over under bet here for myself. And I'm going to go Jets at Vikings over 44 and a half on this game here. And I know what everyone's thinking, right? The Jets defense is a top three defense in the league. They deserve their flowers. Their defense is very good. There's a lot of talk about Sauce Gardner going up against Justin Jefferson, but here's one of the rubs on that. The Vikings can put Justin Jefferson all over the field. And what the Jets don't do with this defense is move their corners around. So I don't think we're going to see quite as much Sauce Gardner covering Justin Jefferson one-on-one as you would hope. You know, Thielen's been doing doing better. They do have some off- uh, some weapons on that offense. You know, Dalvin Cook may not have some success in the run game because the Jets defense is so strong, but you can still get him involved in the passing game, which he's had some success with. And I think with how good the Jets defense is, the Vikings offense is very, very consistent and very solid. You know, if you take out their three-point debacle against the Dallas Cowboys where everything hit the fam and it was basically a disaster for them two weeks ago, since then they put up 33 on the Patriots, which is another top 10 defense. They put up 33 on the on the Bills in overtime, which is another top top-tier defense there. And they put up 20 against the Commanders in a tight game where they won close. You know, 20 might not get the job done for the Vikings here, but I think they're going to be able to put points on the board against the Jets. And the more important part of this over-under here is that the Jets are on schedule as an offense with Mike White as quarterback. Mark, I kind of lean towards you in general here with the Mike White debate is if he's the savior of the Jets or not. I don't think he's going to be a savior, but he is a clear upgrade offensively for the Jets compared to Zach Wilson. So they're going to put some points on the board here. And the Vikings defense is nothing special. They really can give it up. They give up yards. They can give up some points. And I think we're going to see points in this game here. And I don't love a side. I'm kind of leaning towards the Vikings are going to win this game. But I think the number is properly placed at three, three and a half, depending on where you get it. So I'm not touching the spread. I'm going for the total. Even though the Jets defense has been so good, going up against this Vikings offense and Kevin O'Connell, who has been very consistent this year. I mean, again, over their past five weeks, you take out that Vikings game, uh, the Cowboys game where they got absolutely abused and it was over before it started. They put up 34, 20, 33, and 33. This team could put up points even against good defenses. And on the flip side, the Jets with Mike White stay on schedule, stay consistent, hit the quick game, get their weapons going. Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, finally looking like the receivers we all hoped that they would be going into this year. There's going to be points here. 44 and a half is a good number for me. I know it moved. It moved a lot, actually. It opened at 41. It bumped up all the way to 44 and a half. I wish I could have locked this one in earlier, but here we are on Friday afternoon locking in these picks, and I'm going to stick with that over. I think there are points here over 44 and a half in Jets at Vikings. That is my fourth pick. All right, final pick for me, Monday night football. I would like to be hurt again. So I'm going to once again back the Buccaneers and Tom Brady to finally figure it out. Um, 
but I still don't trust him with the spread. So let's do Let's go with this Patty Boyle same game parlay here. Bucks money line, and then get the under up to 50 and a half. I don't see any way in hell there is 50, 51 points or more in this game. Uh, that's minus 110 odds. Uh, look, New Orleans is fading, and they are fading fast. I don't know why Dennis Allen continues to stick with the red-white rifle. Andy Dalton, for the most part, he has been pathetic. Uh, give our boy Jameis a chance here, uh, but that's fine because that plays right into this pick. Andy Dalton is the new Kirk Cousins of Monday Night Football. He has lost six straight games on Monday Night Football straight up. Um, and... Where was the other number I had here in mind? Andy Dalton in prime time. In general, he is 6 and 20. So he doesn't do well under the lights. That red beard just does not shine as brightly. Um, and then you, you consider the fact that, speaking of my beloved 49ers, Pete, who is Vegas's darlings right now, you play a physical 60-minute brand of football with the 49ers, you don't do too well the next week. Teams, after facing the 49ers this season, one, nine, and one straight up in their next game. I thought that to be a pretty interesting stat. Um, then you look at Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. This has been his kryptonite, at least in the regular season, the last couple of years, right? Well, this is a different New Orleans Saints defense. It's not the same fearful New Orleans Saints defense as of the years past. That They've got questionables all over the board on their defense. In the linebacking court, Pete Warner is questionable. Malcolm Roach on the line is questionable. Marshawn Lattimore is questionable. If he doesn't play... I love this bet even more. Um, and then, look, New Orleans just has not been able to do really anything offensively. They were shut out last week. They can't move the ball. The Red Rifle has sucked this year. So, look, coming off of yet another loss, Tampa Bay did on the road. They get to come back home here in prime time. This team outside, Tristan Wirfs is out. That's a you know big loss for him on the offensive line. Outside of that, this team continues to get more and more healthy. Uh, so I think Brady, again, I'm going to trust that he can win this game with their season growing more and more on the line uh, as the weeks go by here and really kind of grab a firm hold of that NFC South division with a win here on Monday night. So Bucks money line under 50 and a half. That's minus 110 odds. Buccaneers games this year, 10 and one to the under. So the offense hasn't done that well. The defense continues to play great. And the Saints offense is abysmal. That just means hammer the over ten and one to the under. That's the kiss of death. That's me and Pat would joke all, all the time. But no, he's that's probably fine. Right. you can you he's, can hammer no, the I'm over. I'm you're right. I I agree with you. I agree with you. I just want no part of that game after the way they screwed me against the Browns. I don't care um, if the over hits as long as it as long as you don't get the fifty one. So Pete and Pat, as you guys, you know, I avoided that game. So you know, they say less is more, but in, in this case, to me, more is more. Why would I focus on one game like the Bucks game when I can, you know, choose four things that can possibly happen this week? <laughs> um, so pick five. The font might have to go down to like five or four on the graphic this week, but you know, it, it is what it is because I don't, I don't make picks that lo- that I think will lose, and I don't think this loses either. Philadelphia Eagles plus seven and a half. Um, I know you both touched on this game, I believe, with your picks. Um, look, the strength of the Titans is the run game, but the strength of the Eagles is the run defense. And the fact that Jordan Davis may be back this week is a huge boost to the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Not only is does the ankle appear to be healthy, he also dropped 20 pounds and got in even better shape over the past couple weeks. Um, and look, for me, the, the, other, the flip side of that, the Titans, you can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals at home, missing Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Give me a break. So Philadelphia plus seven and a half at home should be never, never without a doubt or in question at any point during the game for part one. We're going to take the Dallas Cowboys as the second part of this parlay to take out the Indianapolis Colts, who are absolutely pathetic yet again. 
The only time that they were not pathetic was when me, Pat, Pete, you too, maybe, and the rest of America had had the Raiders that game a couple weeks ago, and they somehow blew that game, and they beat the uh, Colts, beat the Raiders. But uh, look, the game's in Dallas. Even more reason to ride the Cowboys here. They're still playing catch up with Philadelphia to try and get the the one seed in the division. Um, so really, really don't need to dive too much into this. They're just more talented everywhere. Um, and then look, the last part. Um, I kind of touched on this game earlier, but not. But I'm gonna just go with more of a prop thing from this perspective with the Chiefs Bengals game. Um, Chiefs to go over 17 and a half and the Bengals to go over 16 and a half in, in the game. Um, last two meetings last year, 34, 31 and 27, 24. And actually the first meeting in Cincinnati was 28, 17 at the half Kansas city. So would have cashed first half, um, two high octane offenses. All the weapons are back this week. Look, I can't see this being a 13, 10 game or like a 17, 14 game. There's just, there's just no way. If it was a playoff game, maybe because you're favoring the defenses later in the year. I think this is a, this game turns into a track meet yet again. Um, and the reason, um, the reason I don't have a flip flop is I just trust Kansas city's offense more. So I got their total just one point higher. So Kansas city to go over 17 and a half Bengals to go over 16 and a half. Dallas Cowboys win. Philadelphia Eagles plus seven and a half, minus one twenty. If I lose, feel free to blast me when we're here next week for Week fourteen. But I just don't see it, Pete. So that's my fifth pick. Mark, I hate to do this to you, but I, I have some statistics for you that uh, you might not love. That's fine. I'm looking. I'm scrolling through your picks this year, right, from Week one all the way on through now. Uh -huh. And I'm looking at all these times that you had three or more legs. They've lost like every time. Every time. They've they've lost every every time. You're not wrong. And that's hey. <laughs> I'm counting 0 for five on the picks that have three or more legs. It might be 0 for six, actually, if I'm if I'm not mistaken here. And, and it sometimes seems that just one of those legs is hurting you. So I want to ask you the question or two questions here. What leg on this scares you the most? A, and then B. I, I don't I don't I don't know how to say this without sounding kind of mean, but why do you keep going back to the the three or four leg, you know, mishmash parlay thing when it seems like one of these stupid legs is just ruining your your pick every time? Well, I wish I had the list in front of me. I actually, as a matter of fact, I could probably rattle off two of the five. One was last week with the Broncos getting the ten and a half that that they screwed up. I had the one week where Lamar Jackson had like 112 yards at the half and he finished with like 145. He somehow Correct. managed to throw 30 yards and a half, which was downright embarrassing. Um, I think I had one. also one with a points total with like 16 and a half or 17 and a half. You had, right? no, it was Brady and Stafford to throw one touchdown and then over 32 and a half. And oh, yeah. And the game finished and what? Like 17, 13. Yes, and you had Saints plus ten and a half on that one as well, which didn't hit. And then on the other one, you yeah. had a, a Bucks Cow a Bucks Cowboys Raiders money line parlay, and one leg didn't hit. And then another one was who sorry, was it? That was, the Bucks did the Bucks didn't hit. Okay. And then one more was Chiefs plus twelve and a half, Chiefs over twenty two and a half, and Bills over nineteen and a half. And one of those Chiefs scored twenty. Yes. So yes. it was uh, it, like it, it's just it's biting you in the Chiefs butt. With these with these three or four leg parlays, so I'm just I'm just curious. I, again, um, I don't want to sound like a dick, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Um, look, do I think I should be zero and five on those five? No, I think two and three or three or two three and two is much more realistic. Um, 
we've got much more data on the teams now. Um, it's also a little bit different. I don't have any player props involved in, in this one, so kind of learned my lesson lesson with that. Um, the Bucks offense has been pathetic all year. Um, so you know, the team, I, I, like I said, there's just more data to go off of. The Chiefs and the Bengals have been relatively high scoring all season. You know, all the weapons are there. I mean, back then a couple of weeks ago, or I mean, if you're sitting now, you think Tampa Bay would have been how pathetic of an offense they've been coming into the season as they are now. I mean, now it's not as surprising, right? They're going out and they're doing it every week. They're barely, they're barely scoring points. Um, just unlucky a little bit with the Lamar thing. You know, one week I got it dead wrong, but I don't know. This I just, just feels good. You know, the Cowboys and the Eagles are two of the best teams in the NFL, right? I'm getting seven and a half with the one seed in the NFC off against the team that just lost to the Bengals without half their weapons. And then the other spot, Chiefs Bengals has all the makings of a, uh, you know, high scoring affair. And, you know, I'm not even going over like, what's the total for that game, by the way? Got to be what, high 40s, low 50s? Uh, it's 52 and a half. Yeah, I'm mean, exactly right. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, over 23 and a half for, you know, one of the teams you lose 24 20 like I did with that Bills game. I mean, both of these teams just got to get high teens, you know, or 23 20 wins in, in this spot, you know? Um, we've seen how quick both these teams can put up points. I think Jamar Chase had 270 yards the one game last year, and Kansas City can go up and down the field like it's nothing. So 0-5, Pete, check it down. 1-5, guaranteed with this one. Guaranteed. I love it. And, and listen, the Chiefs have scored this year 26, 30, 27, 20, 44, 20, 30, 31, 17, like they haven't scored under six or what, what is your number at? It's a uh, 16 and 17 and a half. They've only scored under 17 once or twice. Uh, no, sorry. None. One time, one time this entire year, they've only put up 17 points. So again, based off your legs, looking at them individually, they all feel like a home run. They all feel like a home run, but you are still asking for four separate things to happen. I think this one might be a hit too. I, I agree with you. I actually think this one out of all of them, after 0 and 5, the odds will flip in your favor here. I like the I like the legs. I do. I just wanted to ask about your mindset with the with the multi-legger. So I appreciate your insight and taking that one in stride. Um, all right, my last pick. I'm gonna go with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. I have been the Falcons fade king for a couple weeks here, where I've been kind of nailing their picks uh on, on the spot here. And right now, again, this is the perfect spot to take the Pittsburgh Steelers who have been playing much better football as of late. Their defense is coming around. TJ Watt back, obviously Pickett looking better. The Falcons offense still solid can run the, run the ball with Patterson and Algier. They're, they're solid team, right? But the Steelers defense is probably the best unit in this game here. Their offense is playing better. And the big kicker is 52% of the tickets on the Falcons. So pretty even spread on tickets. However, 78% of the money coming in on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm following the sharp money on this one. Mike Tomlin, we know what this man does, and it's win, and it's end up 500 with talent or with no talent. That's what he does. So, yeah, you know, you can take the money line. It's only minus 115. The uh, the, the plus one is plus one or minus 120. What's the difference? I'll take the one point. Who the heck knows? I'll take plus one, but basically money line doesn't really matter. So Steelers plus one at the Falcons. That's my last pick. Not concerned by being in Atlanta not scared by this Falcons bunch. And I am confident riding with Tomlin led Steelers who year over year just puts up consistent 
effort, consistent game planning, great competition, and right now is no better time than for the Steelers to get another win against a team that people still feel decent about in the Falcons who still have a fighting chance to win their division, but they're not going to make the progress here today. The Steelers win, but I'll take them plus one at the Falcons. That's my final pick. So there we go. Five picks each. We're out here again. How do we feel, fellas? How do we feel? I ask you every week. Mark, you've been giving me the same answer every week. Pat, you're mixing it up a little bit with your answer. So, Pat, how do you feel about week 13, about the slate in general, and then about your picks? I love the two same-game teasers I've given out because I don't think there's any way in shot that I lose on the total. And uh, I've been staying away from it unless I feel absolutely, you know, great about the total. So, again, I don't think Denver – Denver's going to hold up their end of the bargain that they're not going to score points. So, it's whether or not – uh, if the Broncos win like a 13 to 10 game, then I'll have to live with it. Uh, but otherwise I feel great about that one. Feel great about, as well with Tampa Bay. Uh, I just think, you know, you, you, you gotta have to back Brady in this one and, 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 uh, trust that he's going to figure it out. So I love the, the same game parlays. And then, you know, other than that, I have three teasers in this one. So if one team just fails to show up, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of who that possibly could be off the top of my head. Like, I'm a little worried about the Chargers losing again, uh, you know, in one of the final minutes to, to Vegas and losing by a touchdown. Um, I'm worried about the Giants. You know, I, I'm, I'm trusting that they're going to show up and keep this game close. A little worried about them. And then uh, yeah, that's really it. I love the Eagles plus three and a half and Niners pick. Really love San Francisco. Pete, as, as, you, as you love to mention, so does Vegas. I, I really love the Niners here. Yeah, they're the darling. They're the darling of the NFL, according to the betting folks who set these lines and set these odds, because even when they were down one or two games to the Seahawks in the NFC West, they were still heavy favorites to win that division. And that is coming to fruition. The Seahawks haven't been like falling apart. Like, yeah, they're not playing as good as they were before, but they have some some winnable games coming up. Yet the 49ers are looked at as a team that should be locked into the playoffs, locked into that division, as we all agree. So I, I like that. I, I am so excited for that game, though, because I think that this whole Tua hype and the Dolphins and Mike McDaniel hype could come to a head and pop here uh, for better or for worse. But I'm I'm thrilled to back this Dolphins offense because they've been so fun. They've been so consistent. And I'm super excited to see what McDaniel can do against his former, you know, former mentor and and guy who's brought him along at every stop. I think every stop that Kyle Shanahan has made while Mike McDaniel has been old enough to be on a football staff, he's been with them, right? So I cannot wait. I'm a little bit cringing already at all the stupid stories we're going to hear on the broadcast, but you know, I'll be on red zone anyway. So I won't have to hear all of the, all of that crazy propaganda that we'll, we'll hear from that broadcast for my picks. I got to be honest. I never feel great making an over under one of my picks. And this one goes against, uh, common intuition to go over on the Jets Viking games with how good the Jets defense is and how volatile the Vikings feel, even though they've been so solid this year, they're obviously one of the best records in the whole NFL, but this one, this one just jumped out to me as something that I felt like I had to do because the matchup leads me there with Mike white in this offense looking better and, and the Vikings offense consistently putting up points. You can get 44 and a half. You know, I thought about going with the Jets plus nine and over, and over 37 or whatever the number would be if I went with the same game teaser. But I said, let's not get cute. I can see the Vikings winning this game by 10. I don't want to get cute with the with the line here. I'm just going to go with what I actually have a feel for here. And I'm going to go with that over, even if it 
hurts me to make that one of my picks, but I, I feel I feel like it's the right pick. Obviously, we'll see what happens, but I never quite feel super comfortable making an over under one of my picks. So here we go. A little bit of uncomfiness with my fourth pick there. Mark, how you feeling? Um I'm not gonna get baited into it. The one week I gave you that answer, I went five and out. Um I've got no comment on my feelings, what, what, Pete. What um, we didn't have the what's what up? Talking about? You said you one time you gave me an answer, you you uh when I gave one. you this answer two weeks ago when we did the pod, I was like, I'm not going to give it into this. I've, I've got no comment. I went five and up. Okay. Uh, last week we didn't do the pod, obviously. Um, right. But I texted, I texted my feelings, and, of course, we went two and three. So I'm going to plead the fifth. Um, hopefully who shows up needs to show – or hopefully who shows – everybody shows up this week. Um, I find it absolutely hilarious that my font gets continuously smaller as you go down <laughs> the, uh, the list. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, but we'll see because we're, we're not just playing to get back to 500, as Pat mentioned. We're playing for bragging rights as well. So That is correct. That is correct. We are, and I'm super excited. Week 13 is going to be a doozy. I'm working back-to-back overnights this weekend on the fan, so I'm sure I'm going to hear a whole lot of Mike White propaganda and love and occasional hate on the WFN airwaves. And if I have my chance to jump in, I'll give my two cents on how I like Mike white, but I can't sit here and say, I love Mike white because can we all just remember? I got one, one comment when you're ago, done. Yeah. One year ago when this happened last year, the same exact thing, he came in and lit the world on fire and Mike white was the man. He was a hero. And guess what? He had a disaster spot where he blew up. And then all of a sudden he wasn't the quarterback anymore. And then he came into this year, not even as the backup. He came in as the third string and then he finally got a chance and he showed up again. He might show up this week. He might show up three more times this season, but I'm not going to sit here with any confidence and say, you found your quarterback, New York Jets. This is your franchise guy. There is not enough information out there. Yeah, he's confident. Yeah, he winks at the camera. Yeah, he stays on time. He gets the ball out. He makes the right play when he has to, but let's not act like this guy is a guaranteed answer at quarterback for the New York jets. I'm not ready to do that, Mark. And, and didn't we see him get hurt the start after he lit the world on fire last year, like the first or second drive. I think Pat tweeted about it like moments before the game or a couple days. Before I called the game, it. Yeah. Go, go ahead. And then I'll finish my point. But go ahead. This was, this was right after they beat the Bengals and they're playing the Colts on Thursday night football. And I said, how jets would it be if Mike white uh, lights it up again on the first drive and then gets hurt? And it wasn't the first drive. It was the second drive. They went down the field, threw a touchdown pass, and then got hurt on the third drive. Mm. But uh, real quick, Pete, you know, it pains me to say this. But, you know, for the first week all season, Daniel Jones is not the worst starting quarterback in New York. Wow. (laughs) What a change of heart. What a change of heart. Because Here's- I think Mike White is that pathetic of a QB. And I oh. won't have any of this savior messiah crap. Well, that's where that's where you took like my point and just like tripped yeah. down on it. <laughs> yes. You think, he's you think he's bad. You think he's yes. bad. Oh, is bad. He, oh, yes. Better than Zach Wilson. I honestly don't know. Off of one game, I ain't going to say he is. Absolutely not. No. You light up Chicago, who traded away their entire defense and he's given up and the 30 points. A week and the podcast. No, give me a break. Look, 
Because when Wilson was, you know, winning games and he beat the Bills, look, he, he didn't throw for three, 400 yards and whatnot. He didn't even, throw for, he didn't even throw for 200. Oh, but when Daniel Jones doesn't throw for 200 and 90% of his games, it's still he has talent, right? Because Daniel you can't Jones, have can, both run, ways. Daniel you Jones can't, can run for 100 yards. Zach Wilson can't, can't do anything. Ways. Look, everybody throws against Chicago. Everybody scores against Chicago. The fact that Mike White is going into this game at the 9-2 and two Minnesota Vikings – as a three to three and a half point favorite is the biggest joke of the entire NFL season. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose by three touchdowns come Sunday. Three I'm point betting the Jet, I'm betting the Jets money I wouldn't. right now. Go ahead. <laughs> three, Hammer. Hammer. Three, three point dog, Mark, not three point favorite, but yeah. Three point, uh, well, yeah, I had it flipped, but yeah, you're right. What's the, what's the spread in your opinion if Zach Wilson's the quarterback right now this week? Pat and Mark, what do you think? Um, Seven to seven and a half. So five you're saying a, five and a half Jets defense has been Vegas has, you know, I factored them in correctly a lot. You're saying right now, Mark, contradicting things. You're saying that if Zach Wilson was the quarterback, the spread would be four points different. Yet you're saying that you're not sure that Mike White's better than Zach Wilson. What are you saying? No, no I'm saying he's not better than Zach Wilson. That's my point, but you're saying the spread would be seven. Well, because Vegas has overinflated this. Personally, what I think the line should be, nine and a half. Nine and a game. half. Nine and a half. I think the Vikings should easily be double-digit favorites in this game. Not even so, a question. So why your your you sports book would not even a question. Sunday. So I why? can't, you know, take the as a bonus six pick, take the Vikings probably plus 250 at minus nine and a half. So Go why, ahead. So, take it. So let me ask you this. Why the hell are you even wasting your time with putting the Vikings at plus three and a half and plus ten and a half with the Dolphins? Why are you making that? Because weird stuff has happened in the NFL, Pete, and it should you not you should not even have to check the box score for Vikings plus three and a half. You don't even you shouldn't have to watch it. Look, I'm not going to sit up here and I'm 25 and 35 for a reason. You know, the the, (laughs) you are what you say. You the record is what you say you are. I'm not going to be like I've had 35 bad beats on the year. Would I be shocked if Mike White somehow goes into Minnesota? this week or Kirk Cousins gets shut down by the Jets defense. It's more of a belief in the Jets defense, honestly, that they'll be able to to keep this close. I would not be surprised if Mike White goes out and throws two picks in the first half. Not even a question. Um, look, you've got Dalvin Cook. You've got Justin Jefferson moving all over the entire field. Personally, what I think, I think the Jets lose by double digits. That's, that's where my head's at with this game. But we're not in the business of getting plus 200 picks with this. I'm trying to inch back to even. And in order to do that, Vikings plus three and a half with the Finns plus ten and a half. I don't think you should have to check the box score. So I think you should right now, I think right now at the end of this podcast live, you should change your second pick from Vikings plus three and a half and Dolphins plus ten and a half to Vikings minus three. No, and I and I won't do that because I feel that the plus three and a half with the Dolphins plus ten and a half is that much better of a pick than Vikings minus three. Okay. I'm glad you put it down with confidence. I can't wait to see what happens here because <laughs> now, now, I, now I'm just invested. I don't know if I want Mike White to blow up or to play incredible. Obviously, I, I need points because I have the over in that game. But, man, I'm locked in. I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's go. Jets-Vikings game of the week. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, great stuff. Great way to end the podcast there. Mark and Pat, as always. Thank you, thank you so much. Pat, LIU basketball tonight, is that right? Yes. On the LIU broadcast for basketball on Friday evening, you could hear Pat after football Sunday overnight on the fan, 2 to 5 a.m. 
or on the Odyssey app on your way to work on Monday. The replay will be live as well. Pat, look forward to your show. I wish I was producing for you. I wish we were one day, uh, one day different. So I was working with you. That'd have been fun. But anyways, for Mark and for Pat, I am Pete. This has been week 13 picks in the NFL. Look forward to seeing the results. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on the Apple Podcast app and Spotify, as well as subscribe and hit the notification bell on YouTube so you can see when we post new stuff. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a sports fan. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks as always. Cheers.